0: Well, today you are making history. This is the first time ever we've ever had three celebrations, okay? So uh, you're a part of it, and uh, we're so glad that you're here. You know, there are many times in my life in which I feel like there is something that is missing. Um, Maybe a missing character trait, a missing relationship, a missing kind of assurance that everything in my life Is going to be okay. And I look at the puzzle of my life, and sometimes it just feels like there's something within it that is missing. Now, growing up, my grandparents owned a cottage in uh, Beaver Creek, uh, or actually it was a lake, but it was called Beaver Dam Lake, okay? And uh, I didn't cuss right then, okay? On uh, Easter, I didn't do that. But we have a picture of Beaver Dam Lake. It's in northern Indiana. And every single day, um, I would uh, enjoy my time being there. And we would actually go swimming and boating and fishing. And my grandparents were great to be with, and I really enjoyed hanging out with them. But one of the things I remember most of all is actually putting puzzles together at night. You see, my grandfather was too cheap to really buy a color TV. So we had a black and white TV that only had two channels, and they were usually fuzzy. So what we would do is we would go ahead and uh, we would, uh, you know, put puzzles together. Sometimes we would do 500-piece puzzles. Sometimes we would do 1,000-piece puzzles. One time we did a 2,000-piece puzzle because it rained all week. And, uh, you know, it stinks when you're a kid, uh, but we did that. And with every single puzzle, I don't know what the issue was with my grandparents, but they would have a problem of keeping all the pieces. And so we'd work all this time, all week long, only to get the end, and guess what would happen? Yeah, you're missing a piece. How many of you have ever gone through all the trouble of putting together a puzzle only to come at the end and find that there was a missing piece? Anyone? Yeah. Like everyone, right? Like we've all experienced that. But when that happens, it's so frustrating and it's so annoying that it creates a lot of issues uh, for us. And you know, throughout my life, there have been seasons in which there have been missing puzzle pieces of my life. There was a season in which there was a job that was missing. I was sending out resumes, wanting for people to respond to me, and no one did. There was another time in which finances were missing. were I was just plain broke. I didn't have anything. And there were times in which I had a missing relationship, in which my uh, desire to want to be with someone else, I was all alone. There have been times in which I felt like there was something missing in my marriage, and Jen and I just weren't uh, connecting that well. There have been times in which I felt like there was a genuine connection missing with my kids. I just want to ask you this morning... Can any of you relate to any of that? Yeah. We all know what it's like to go through life and feel like, you know what, there's just something that is missing. Maybe for you, you're sitting here today and the reality is you're unemployed. And what's missing in your life is a job or finances. Maybe others of you, you're single or you're divorced or You're widowed, and what's missing in your life that you want more than anything else is a sense of companionship from someone else. Maybe some of you have an estranged relationship with a son or a daughter or maybe, you know, with your parents. And what you really want, what's missing is reconciliation. And maybe for others of you, you are going through the motions. It just seems like the pace of your life goes faster and faster all the time, but the reality is you feel no sense of passion for life. You're just kind of going through the motions. Well, God must have known that you and I would have seasons of our life in which we really had something missing. And so he sent something to us over 2,000 years ago in the form of his son who spent his whole entire life teaching others how to love the way that His Father loved. And when Jesus came to earth, He taught for three years to people, letting them know how they could have an abundant life. Jesus said these words. He said, I have come that you might have... What's the next word? Life, and that you will have it to the what? Yeah, to the fullest. You see, Jesus didn't come to make your life a wreck. He came to actually give you life and allow your life to be to the fullest. Now, most people, quite frankly, don't live life to the fullest. They live kind of a treadmill existence of going over and over and over, and they're living a life, and they have little meaning or purpose or direction. And the reason is, is that for many people, they're missing something in their life. They're missing a piece of the puzzle. Now, our big idea this morning, and this is your first fill-in, so you can fill it in in your program, or if you uh, have your phone, go to uh, the JAR app page, and we have an app there. But our big idea, and the message for Easter today is this, when something is missing, God will always help you find it. When something is missing in your life, God will always help you to find it. So let me ask you this morning, What Is missing in your life? When it comes to you and where you're going and where you're at right now, what is missing? Well, I have a feeling that there are as many answers to that question, what is missing, as there are people here. And uh, some of you might be saying, well, hey bunch, if you're wanting to help me out, I'm missing a million dollars, you know? Like, fork some money up. Well, I just want you to know, if you come back next week, we are going to have a drawing for a million dollars, okay? Yeah, liar, okay. No, but, but come back next week. Uh, we'd love for you to be here. But generally speaking, I think there are kind of three things that cat- and in categories are kind of missing from our life. And the first thing that I think for many people, what they find is missing, and you can go ahead and put this uh, in your uh, fill-in there, is forgiveness. That for many people, what is missing in your life is forgiveness. The reality is, some of you have been hurt very badly. Someone has done something to you, or said something to you, or hurt you. Someone has done something to someone that you love, to someone that you care for. And you have a really hard time forgiving them. In fact, what's going on in your life right now is you're being filled with bitterness and resentment. And there's this feeling that, you know what, I'll never be able to get over that because of what they did to me. And you don't have the fullness of God in your life that Jesus came to give you, that he wants to give you abundant life because you can't forget. Several years ago, there was a guy that I was reaching out to. He was a businessman in town. And I reached out to him for a while and eventually invited him to church, and he started coming regularly. And then uh, as that was going on, um, he said, hey, uh, would you be interested in investing in my business? And I said, sure, that's not a problem. And so I went ahead and uh, gave him a pretty large sum of money. And an attorney came and had a promissory note and had everything uh, worked out. And um, the first year, he paid every single month. Every single month, he paid uh, when it was ready. And then when year two came, all of a sudden, that first month of year two, he didn't pay. And I thought, oh, that's no big deal. I'll send him an email. So I sent an email, and he responded back, oh, man, I got you, I got you, I got you. And that went on and on and on for the next three years. And I didn't care about emails. I wanted my money. And he would send things back all the time saying, I got you, I got you, I got you. And he never got me. And pretty soon, I became very frustrated, and my frustration turned into anger, and my anger turned into bitterness. You see, something you need to know about pastors is that they may not say it, but they experience the exact same emotions that you do. And the emotion that I had at that time was a true sense of resentment for this guy. He promised me all kinds of things, but he never came through. And what was so discouraging is I remember he would sit, uh, I'm not saying you guys, okay, but there was a guy that, people are like, is that the guy? No, it's not. But over here, uh, he would sit every single Sunday, and I would teach, and all of a sudden I would notice I couldn't even look over there anymore because I had bitterness in my heart. And I was like, ah, I want to be paid back. And he didn't. And it ticked me off. And he promised me all kinds of things, but every time there was an excuse, excuse, excuse. Well, I wasn't the only one he wasn't paying. Because before long, he actually filed bankruptcy. He lost his business. And I never got my money. I was so angry and hurt but even more so just pain that how could he treat me like that? And how could he come to church every single Sunday so flippant as like everything's okay and it wasn't okay. Within a year of all of this kind of going down, they eventually left the church and he and his family went somewhere else. And the hurt became even stronger. But you know, God has a a funny way of kind of reminding us sometimes when we need to work on a missing piece in our life. And so one particular day, I was reading my Bible when all of a sudden this passage came. Jesus said, For if you forgive others when they sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also, what's the next two words? Forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not, what's it say? forgive your sins. And I'm telling you folks, that is some of the scariest words in the entire Bible. That if you don't forgive other people when they come against you, then God can't forgive your sins. And I remember reading them and thinking, well, I've read these before. I've taught on these before. Heck, I've had all kinds of messages just on this passage, And all of a sudden, in my spirit, I felt like God was saying, you can talk all you want and read all you want, but I want you to live it out. And I'm like, are you serious, God? He said, yeah. And then God sometimes has a way of opening your eyes even more. I find out that this guy was getting baptized and they had invited me to come to the baptism to another church where he had taken my money. And now he's not even at church. And the whole family's there. And I'm like, are you serious, God? And yet I humbled myself. I went and celebrated, and I let him know that I forgive you of all of your debt, and I'm not carrying it anymore, and no resentment and bitterness, and I want your life to be blessed. Folks, I know how hard it is to forgive people who have offended you and have hurt you. I mean, it took me several years to ever get to the point of totally being able to forgive that person. But I did it. And this is the reality. You can too. I mean, there is some missing pieces in your life, and it all goes back to this one word for some of you is forgiveness. That you've never forgiven the person, and you're carrying resentment and bitterness And it's like a cancer that is eating away from you, and he's calling you and asking you to forgive. The real question is, will you do it? Will you put away your resentment and bitterness, and will you forgive whoever it is who has caused you? Because you have been forgiven. God forgave a huge debt for you on Good Friday. He took all of your sin, past, present, and future, so that your life could be set free. So will you forgive or move on? And for some of you, the missing piece of your life right now is forgiveness. Now, for others of you, it may not be forgiveness, but it's the second word, and it's the word peace. Peace. The, the missing kind of puzzle piece of your life literally is peace. And I'm not talking about, like, peace, man, peace, dude. Like, pass the cannabis, peace, you know? Don't think I don't know some of you, okay? it's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is an internal peace, a peace of your mind, a peace of your heart. Is peace missing in your life today? Is there a sense that you're anxious and worried and overwhelmed? Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're discouraged about something. You're going through life, and you're trying to fake it, but the reality is, You don't have peace. You're missing peace in your life. In 1998, I experienced the kind of greatest season of my life of having no peace. And I just want to ask you where were you? Like I was going through something in 1998, and you weren't around. And you know why? Because I didn't know any of you. We moved here to Muncie in 1998 and my wife started her family medicine uh, residency to become a physician. And she knew people, but I didn't know anybody. And every single morning, I would wake up thinking, maybe someone will stop by, and none of you ever did. No one ever came to our house, and so I chose to make my yard the best-looking yard in our neighborhood. And I would spend six to seven hours making sure that the yard was perfect and everything was Good, and it was the best yard. I mean, it made better homes and gardens look bad. You know what I mean? Uh, That was me. And the problem was, though, as that summer came in 1998, I had no connection with anyone, and I just felt feeling more lonely and discouraged and depressed. And I had no peace. Well, when fall came in 1998, I... Went to Anderson University where I studied for my master's degree, and I thought, well, now I'll find community. There'll be some people around that will be able to encourage me and lift me up and build me up, and so I started my master's program. And I thought, now this is what I'll find. Now that I have this, I'll find peace in my life. But the reality is, it didn't happen. You see, I was around a whole bunch of people who came straight out of their bachelors and they were really smart and I was really dumb. And I started with 13 credit hours and I started failing two of the classes and I felt like such a failure and discouragement and depression overtook me. And I remember having panic attacks. You know, some of you might be big and tough and you're like, panic attacks, that's like a wussy thing. Folks, if you've ever known somebody or you've experienced it yourself, it's the worst possible experience you can have, filled with panic and terror. Each morning I'd wake up and I'd go to the bathroom and I would have dry heaves over the toilet longing for something to come out of me so that I could actually have peace in my life and nothing would. My wife was scared to death and eventually encouraged me to get some counseling and I got on some medication, but there was no peace. It didn't happen immediately. And for 40 days and 40 nights, that's what I experienced. And some of you are like, oh, pastor boy, throw that 40 in there, you know, make your story better. I'm telling you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. After 40 days, on the 41st day, I had finally, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I felt in my spirit this prompting from God that said, the reason you have no peace is you're trying to control your life. And until you give your life to me, you'll not have peace. And I'm like, well, God, I'm a Christian. I mean, I've been following you. I've given my life to you. And he's like, no, no, no. I mean everything to me. You know, for some of you today, maybe you're dealing with panic attacks or discouragement or loneliness in some way. And the reason is is because you're trying to control everything rather than to surrender to the God who created you. You know, the missing part of our life when it's not peace, the reason often is, is because we're trying to control. And when we start controlling, we're like, well, why isn't my life working out? And we cry out to God, why, God, why is this happening to me? And we think, where are you? Where are you at, God? In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my hurt. And do you want me to tell you where God is at in the midst of your greatest pain and hurt when you have no peace in your life? He's where He's always been. He's right beside you. You see, folks, when we're going through that time, it's not that God has moved away, but we have actually moved away from God. And when that happens... Things like discouragement and anxiety and all of that fills our life because we're choosing to try to control everything. I mean, over and over again in the Bible, it says, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, what you need to know is that God is with you and he's for you and he will not walk away. It's very interesting to me. After Jesus um, had rose from the dead, he actually was witnessed by 500 different people over the next 40 days, and he taught his disciples. And he's like, guys, I want you to carry on my mission, but I'm going back to the Father. And just before he ascended back to heaven, these were his last words. Jesus said, and be sure of this, I am with you. What's the next word? What is always? Like always. Like always. I am always with you, even to the end of the age. And in Hebrews chapter 13, um, God gives us these words. He says, I will. What's the next word? For some of you, you should circle always on that first scripture and never on the second one. God said, I will never leave you or let you be alone. Now, I did go to seminary, so I learned some Greek. And do you know what the word never means in Greek? Never! Like never, 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 never. I spent thousands of dollars to learn that that particular passage in Greek means never. He will never leave you. God says, I will never leave you. And what that does is it gives me peace. Folks, if you're missing peace in your life, it may be because you're trying to control everything rather than to give it to the one who knows you best and loves you most. And when you do this, there is a reduction in the discouragement and anxiety and fear when you surrender it to him. So for some of you, your word today is forgiveness. For others of you, it's peace. And then finally, for others of you, your missing piece of the puzzle is this word right here, confidence. Confidence. Now the reality is, is that sometimes the world is kind of beats confidence out of us. There is an evil one opposite of God who is called Satan who wants to do horrible things to us. And one of the biggest things is he wants to take away our confidence. He'll whisper things like this, you can't do this, you can't make it, you can't, or you don't have what it takes. Or for some of us, we listen to the recordings of our parents or an ex-spouse or a relative or a boss who says, you're not enough. You'll never be able to measure up. Why aren't you more like your brother? Why aren't you more like your sister? Why aren't you more like this person or that person? And what happens is over time our confidence gets lost because we start listening and we make that our identity. Paul, the guy who wrote Half of the New Testament, he uh, wrote these words regarding confidence. He said this, therefore, what's the next word? Yeah, always be confident. Now, here's the problem. Can you always be confident? No. So, is Paul a liar? Yes. If, some of you are like, you're a blasphemous person now. You know, I went to Easter. No. He's a liar if he's talking about self-confidence. But he's not talking about self-confidence. He's talking about confidence in God. I can always be confident in God to be with me and for me and walking beside me. And this is what I've learned. When we realize that God is confident and we put our confidence in Him, He fills us with confidence as well, Folks, the reality is, Jesus knows you better than you know you. And part of his genius was his ability to see potential in people who were the most unlikely people in his culture. Where other people saw problems, Jesus saw potential. One day, a religious leader invited Jesus over. He's trying to trick Jesus, but he invites him over, and they have dinner together. And in the midst of this dinner, all of a sudden, this woman of the night, a prostitute, walks into their dinner, and she looks at Jesus, and she starts weeping and crying. And she gets to her knees, and her tears are falling on Jesus' feet. And she takes her hair, and she wipes off the tears. And you can just imagine, this religious leader and all the rest of them are like, See, we told you! Look! That is not who Jesus said he was. He's a liar. I mean, look at this woman that he's allowing to wash his feet. And the religious leader said these words. If this man were really a prophet, he would know who this woman is who is touching him. He would know what kind of sinful life she lives. Folks, the reality is Jesus knew exactly who this woman was, but he also saw who she could become. He saw confidence that had been taken away from her, and he was ready to restore it back. The same is true for you. For some of you, the problem is you've been listening to the wrong messages for far too long. You've been listening to what your parents have said or what your relatives or an ex-boss or even the evil one, that you're not enough. You can't make it. You'll never be able to measure up. And for some of you, this listening has actually become a part of your identity and you have accepted it hook, line, and sinker. But today... God wants you to know that you don't have to go through life with that missing piece anymore, that he longs to give you and restore the confidence he placed in you if you will turn back to him. My oldest daughter, uh, Jordan, when she was in second grade, she won her school spelling bee. We were like shocked as parents that she won. They had third graders, fourth graders, and fifth graders But she was a second grader, and she won. I mean, she takes after me, you know what I mean? Um, Not really. Um, But she won this, and what they do is that every school then sends that person, uh, that child, to a regional spelling bee at Ball State University. And it's televised live. There are these big lights, and all of them are there to actually spell their words. So when we walked in uh, to this huge auditorium, Jordan looked up and saw these live lights, and all of a sudden, she just started crying. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, girl, we didn't study all these words for you to cry, you know? Like, you need to come through. And she's crying, she's like, daddy, I can't do it. These people are older and smarter than me. And so I knew I had to get her away from the hall, or she was going to have a meltdown. And And her mom was already having a meltdown, so I had to take her. And so I took her to the elevator. We get in the elevator. We go downstairs into the basement. And we're away from everyone. And I got on my knee, and I'll never forget. I was like, God, what do I say in the midst of this? And this is what I sense God tell me to say. I put my hands on Jordan's shoulder, and this is what I said. I said, Jordan, I don't care if you spell a single word right or not, because your dad is already proud of you. And even more so, God is proud of you. And I don't care if you spell a single word, but when you stand up there to spell, I want you to know that your God is with you and for you, and he loves you, and your dad is for you as well. We said a little prayer. We went back up. We sat down. She went on a stage, and check out what happened next. Speller number 20 is Jordan Bunch from Mitchell Elementary School. Your word is Whirlpool. Whirlpool. W-H-I-R-L-P-O-O-L. (laughs) Whirlpool. Now this is what I want you to know. We never studied that word. We had studied Japanese words, Spanish words, German words, French words, but we never spelled or we never studied the word whirlpool. She had no idea what that word was. But do you know why she was able to spell it correctly? Because she had a father behind her that was confident in her. And this is what I want you to know as you're sitting in your chair today you have a Heavenly Father who wants to give you a pep talk today. And He wants to be able to say you say to you that I am confident in you. I am for you. I will not walk away. I will always be with you. So for some of you, your missing piece today is forgiveness. For others, it's peace. For others, it's confidence. And then for some of you, your missing piece is actually the ultimate, the ultimate missing piece Of life, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. For some of you, you're here today, and the reality is you've never made a commitment to Christ. Or maybe for others of you, you've kind of drifted away from Jesus and you've been away from Him, but today is your day. This is your missing piece. This is what will help you with everything in life. And the reality is, are you going to choose it? You see, if you're sitting there today and you're saying, well, I thought to have a relationship with Jesus, I had to fly straighter and I had to work harder and I had to do a whole bunch of things that would please him, I want you to know that you're wrong. If you said, well, my life is so messy and there's so many pieces of the puzzle that aren't together, There's no way that God would accept me and receive me. Yes, He will. He will. So today, if you're sitting there and you're like, but you don't know, Chris, you don't know some of the sin of my life, what I have chosen to do from my past, and I'm not sure God could forgive my sins. That's the whole reason we're celebrating Easter. He died on a cross to forgive your sins, and He rose three days later to give you life. So today, if you're sitting there, and you've been carrying your sin for a long time, I want you to know that if other people have written you off, Jesus writes you in. That if you are a person that's saying, I'm sitting there and I feel like the world has written me off, Jesus writes you in. He's always writing people in because he sees potential when everyone else sees problems. More than anything, This is what I want you to know today, that there is a God who loves you and who says you matter to Him. And the God of this world, when it comes to your sin, your past, your present, your future, He has amnesia when it comes to your sin. you know what amnesia means? It means you don't remember. God does not remember your sin from the east to the west. He remembers it no more. So today, I simply want to ask you this question. If God has forgotten your sin, then why don't you stop remembering it too? And allow Him to take it so that you know your sin is gone. You know, let it go, let it go. You know, like, let it go! And move on in the life that God has for you. Allow Him to surround you with His amazing love to give you the assurance of a home in heaven. Folks, Jesus comes today and he asks each one of you, what is the missing piece of the puzzle of your life? And he says, I'm here. Just ask, like ask, just ask, and I'll help you with whatever is missing. In fact, Jesus said these particular words. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. It's like Jesus is sitting there and saying, what more can I do to let you know I'm for you? I died on a cross. I took on all your sins. you got a home in heaven. If you'll turn to me. What is missing in your life? Would you please, please ask me? Some of you are missing something in your life now. But you have neglected the most important thing that you can do. And that is to ask the God of the universe to help you. So this is how we're going to close today. When you walked in today, you received a puzzle piece like this. I'd like you to get it out. And if you didn't get one in your program, just raise your hand. We have uh, people up in the balcony that they'll give you one. Or uh, down here, just raise your hand as well. And uh, we have puzzle pieces for you as well. And what this puzzle piece represents is what is missing in your life. Maybe for some of you, it was forgiveness. We talked about that earlier. Maybe for some of you, you've just carried resentment towards someone and you've never forgiven. Maybe for others of you, it's peace you're going through life and you're feeling anxious and worried and overwhelmed by all kinds of stuff and you need God's peace and maybe for others of you it's confidence and what I want you to do whatever the missing piece is in your life that you would write it down on this puzzle piece there's a a pen that you have just write it down Earlier uh, this week, I was really overwhelmed by thinking about Easter and organizing, getting everything ready and have something that you guys would actually be able to apply to your life. I was like, God, I just feel like I'm missing peace in my life. And so I wrote it down and I gave it to him. And I said, God, this is missing in my life. I need it when I woke up this morning, I felt the sense that God was giving me peace. I said, Chris, I'm going to use you in a way that only I can. And then here's peace. So maybe today it's one of those three words. Maybe it's another word. Maybe for some of you, the thing that is missing in your life today, more than anything else, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never made that commitment, or maybe you drifted away, and it's time to drift back. He's to accept you and receive you. So we're going to turn the lights down so that no one's looking at the other person's puzzle. And I'd like you to go ahead and simply write down whatever it is that is missing. So if we can bring the lights down, we'll go ahead and you will give you time to do that. So take a couple of minutes. together as a family. in your hand. And we're going to pray right now that the God of the universe would meet the need that you have right here right now. Let's pray. God, for all of us, there's something in our life that's missing. And so often we will go all over the place try to figure it out and yet at the end we're still missing something and so God I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that whatever it is that people wrote down on their puzzle piece that the God of the universe who answers our prayers would you answer that missing piece of their life for people who wrote down the word forgiveness God would you give them the strength to actually forgive and to quit carrying bitterness and resentment I pray for other people who may have put forgiveness down because the reality is they've never forgiven themselves or something from their past. That today, God, would you set them free because of your love? I also pray for people who, what is missing in their life right now is peace. They feel anxious, overwhelmed, they're tired, they're worn out, they're exhausted. They feel anxiety around them, they're Discouraged or depressed. Maybe for others, they feel no peace because their life is just so fast and they're being human doings instead of human beings. They just haven't been lately. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give your peace to them. And then maybe there's other people, God, who are here and their confidence has been rocked someone has said something or done something and they have these recordings in their mind of what a parent or a boss or an ex-spouse has said maybe they're like Jordan and they're up on this stage of life but they feel no confidence only fear and Jesus would you remind them today that I am with you I am for you do not be afraid would you restore confidence in people today And maybe there are other people here that chose a totally different world. Maybe their word is that their health is struggling and they need you to help them because there's a health issue. There's some other kind of issue in their life that is missing that they need you to come and provide it. God, would you meet them at their greatest need? And maybe for some of you as you're sitting there you wrote down Jesus Christ because you've never made a commitment. Maybe you've done the church thing. Maybe you came here today because you just wanted to get someone off of your back. But you're here now and God has spoken to you and you could make a commitment today. And maybe for others of you, you've drifted away from God. And today's the day where you could say, I want him at the center of my life. I want to build my life upon him. And so today, if you're ready to surrender your one and only life to Him, if you're ready to say, I need you, Jesus. I need you to be the centerpiece of my life. I need to build my life on you. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need the promise of eternal life in heaven with you. That if you die today, that would you be able to say, yes, because of Christ, I'm with Him. You can make that decision today. So if you're ready to turn from your sin and turn toward God, I invite you to simply pray this prayer after me. And it's not a prayer that you have to say by yourself, but we're going to pray as a community because we all need these words. And so I invite you to simply repeat after me. Heavenly Father, today I give my life to you. Jesus, save me from my sins. Make me brand new. I need you to be the centerpiece of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.